This episode of the Expat Cast is brought to you by Lingoda. Lingoda is an online language school that is famous for their sprints. With a sprint, you challenge yourself to attend 15 classes a month for three months, and if you meet that goal, you get 50% of your cash back. Or you can sign up for the super sprint and get 100% of your cash back if you attend 30 classes for three months. It's a super fun way to motivate yourself to learn a language, especially if you're like me and you're a little bit competitive against your own self. Lingoda offers German, French, Spanish, English, and business. English classes all by native speakers and the coolest thing is it's all online offered 24-7 so you just sign up for the appropriate level in the language you want log on and there you are in an online class with maximum four other students I actually used Lingoda at the beginning of the year to start learning French for someone as busy as me the flexibility is really really key If you're interested in signing up, you've got until October 15th. This is actually the last sprint of the year. And hey, if you sign up with the code expatcast2, you can save 20 euros on the 49 euro deposit. So go ahead and click the link in the show notes and sign up with Lingoda Sprints today. Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. I'm from the U.S. and I've been living in Germany for four years now, and this is the only place I've actually lived abroad. And after four years, I'm fluent in the language and pretty much fully integrated into the culture, or at least so I think. I mean, the first one to two years, you're just hit every day with things that are different, things that are new, things that you have to adjust to, some things you like, some things you don't like, but you do it anyway. And then somewhere after that, it all just starts to become normal. So here I am, a couple months into year four, and actually in the last couple weeks, I've had several things that make me realize, oh, nope, still plenty new to discover, still plenty of stuff I have to learn. So a couple of them I shared on social media, one of which is I learned how to entlüften die Heizkörper. So this means to get the air out of the heating radiators. I think it's called a radiator, right? I don't really know the right terms for this in English, which is why I just said that in German. And I actually mentioned that on Twitter. And you guys gave me a couple different responses for what you would call that in English. Herr Richter, his name is, he said he knows it as to air the radiators. That makes sense to me. That's a pretty direct translation too. Though to air them, I'm like, is that, do we say that in English? Or like, does that exist in certain contexts? I I don't know. And then the second one was from Emily Wachelka. And she said she calls it to bleed the radiator, which is a way more metal, which makes me like it. But also it's a little creepy. Also, it's not blood that comes out. It's just super dirty water. (laughs) So yeah, not sure what it's called, but I learned how to do that to the radiators in my apartment. And that felt pretty good. My other big Germanized moment, I didn't even realize was a Germanized moment. I, I was um, I was having a beer the other night, actually as a reward for working on a couple things podcast related, and I remembered I needed to still take a vitamin. So I went ahead and took my vitamin, washed it down with some beer, and I posted that on Instagram being like, what does this say about me that I'm taking my vitamins via beer? And so many of you guys wrote back being like, that means you're super Germanized. And it hadn't even occurred to me, but like, yeah. Yeah, this is super German. I mean, I don't know if people are actually doing that specifically all the time, but sort of from the feeling of it, it has a very, (laughs) very German feeling. They're very focused on nutrition and vitamins and nutrients, and they're also all about beer. So I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, as I said, good to know that there's still more ways that I can integrate and more new things I can learn. Now, our guest this week has a couple years on me. 
She's been in Germany about twice as long as I have. My guest is Hannah from Travels by Teslin on Instagram or Hannah Teslin on TikTok. She was on the show in season five, was actually the opening episode of that season. So I'll link to that in the show notes if you want to hear her talk about how she got into doing TikToks about living as a Canadian in Germany or this really cool glue vine map she made of, of Hamburg where she lives now. And I knew I had to have her back on because we have so much to discuss One of the big things that we have in common is that we both moved for relationships with German men that then didn't work out, and we're both pretty content with how it's all played out. (laughs) And we talk about why in this episode. We talk about how we found our independence and established our life here. I'm really glad we got to do this topic because it's been on my mind a lot, not just because it's something I've been experiencing in my personal life, but because I know so many people who struggle to find their independence once they make the big move abroad. So you'll hear us often in this episode refer to people in the situation as she or as females. And that's just because we've both found that often it is the women who move who don't have a job. Maybe they move to be with a partner or for family reasons. And it's just a lot harder for them to get their feet back under them. So that said, of course, the situation can happen to men and people of all genders who make this kind of a move. With that said, let's get right into it. Enjoy my interview with Hannah. I'm Hannah, also known as Hannah Teslin. I'm a Canadian, small town Canadian girl from British Columbia, Canada, um, living in Hamburg, Germany now for seven years. I've had some really hard years in Germany. And I think, yeah, this year, even though with the situation of the Panini pandemic, (laughs) it's been a great year. I'm super happy. Yeah, I think it really shows. I think you can tell in all of your your pictures and your videos, like you just kind of are radiating this this strong, happy energy. And and I noticed it last time you were on the podcast. So yeah, you were on in season five and we talked about TikTok and your glue vine map and I know and so much has changed. Right. And it was only like half a year ago. But I thought, okay, I'm so excited to have you back on because now we get to talk more about how you got to this place where you are so happy. Um and actually before we get to the part where you are so happy and so secure now, I kind of want to rewind to seven years ago when you were moving over. And I want to hear about what your mindset was back then in terms of making this move. Like mm-hmm. how were you viewing it for yourself and your own journey? I mean, obviously, it's it's not a secret. I came here for a former German love interest. But my uh, decision to move to Germany was very erratic, I would say. It wasn't really based on much research. It was based on a gut feeling um, and an opportunity. So I was seeing my uh, German online. I mean, we hadn't we've only met, like, had one met one time before that. I don't even know how I was doing that. A 21-year-old girl who decides to have, like, a German boyfriend that she's met <laughs> once on the internet. I don't know who that girl was. This girl would not do that now. But, you know, I was not thinking things through. I really have to say, I was not thinking things through. I was someone back then who definitely wore my heart on my sleeve and didn't think too much about relationships and was, you know, easily falling in love and not thinking things over, etc. Not thinking of the deep values of things like you do now as a 31-year-old. I just think I literally said, I'm going to move to Germany, mom. And, <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, it was just, 
to uh, study abroad there. I was in university in Canada and I was doing my degree in tourism management and I liked what I was studying, but like, I don't know, I didn't have any practical experience with this. And then when I started talking to the German guy I met while I was traveling, it kind of was like, okay, this is my chance. I can do my study abroad in Germany. And it actually put a whole new sense of motivation in me. I was not doing that great in, in university at the time. I was doing a lot of partying and stuff. And I actually had dropped out for a year. So I found I can move abroad. And the, the German guy at the time was a way out. And so I didn't really think much into it. And then I found my way to uh, work studying in Cologne. Me and a couple of friends all have sort of the same trajectory as what you just described. One of my friends, she calls it hitchhiking. She was like, I hitchhiked here. Like, I just got this guy who was coming over to Germany. And I was like, I'm gonna come with. <laughs> and I like that term for it. Yeah, exactly. And when I moved to Germany, I remember telling my ex-boyfriend, I just want to make it clear to you, I'm here for me. I'm not here for you. You know, like, I never wanted to be like, I'm moving abroad for a guy. But actually, I did. It was for him as much as like my feminist soul did not want to admit it. It was for him. And if it and if it hadn't been for him, I don't think I would have gotten as far as I am now today, even though the relationship is over. So I can I can thank that part of my life. I'm curious then, like, so you studied abroad and then I think then you moved up to Hamburg with him, right? And so I'm curious how over the first couple of years, like how that played out in terms of you being like, I didn't do it for him, but like also being like, I kind of did do it for him. So like, how did you, do you feel like it took you a while to sort of establish yourself as an individual or, or was that something that you prioritized even early on? I moved to Cologne by myself. He was always in Hamburg. So I actually, I would do like long distance to Hamburg on the weekends and stuff. So I was really testing the grounds of the relationship and then, yeah, when it all worked out, I came back to Germany after I finished my study abroad and got my degree in Canada. I came back to Germany to come to Hamburg to move in with him. Well, so this is one thing that I've noticed is a bit of a pattern with women who have moved for love that yeah. that's kind of the main reason. And, and they often have a hard time getting their career going or in some cases, like they're moving abroad with a husband or with kids already. And so one pattern mm -hmm. is like that they don't get a chance to start anything for themselves. Often in relationships, then the, the girl will just kind of absorb all of his friends and like learn his version of Germany, right? And not really find her own yeah. stuff. So uh, yeah, did that happen for you? I would say I was very dependent on him in the relationship for at least the first year and a half I lived in Germany. At that point, I did not have that great of a job. So I had a really low income. Um, I didn't speak much German, but I had most of his, my friends were friends of like, you know, of his friends, girlfriends and stuff like this. And I would get so sad when he would go on Saturdays to play sports with his friends or do anything with his friends because I would feel like I'm just at home alone waiting for you. I have nothing else to do. And it sucked. I hated it. I was like, I didn't want to be that person waiting at home and making him feel guilty for having a life. But like at that point, I didn't have much of life because one, I was too scared to go do anything by myself. So I, a lot of the time I just, I stayed at home. But then eventually I really had to push myself out there because I really felt sad and a lot of the time I would be crying and homesick and stuff and I didn't want to give like you know that much uh, pressure on the relationship that you know he had to make me happy um, and that happens a lot in expat relationships that the 
person, I'm going to say woman, come here and they're solely dependent on their partner and they become depressed because their partner isn't fulfilling all their needs as they should not in any relationship. But when you're like abroad for here for someone, there's a certain level of responsibility that you think they have, but actually they don't because you also made the decision to come from abroad. Yeah. Well, and the language thing I think is also a really big element of it. It's like it's like what you're saying. It's like it's not that you're the type of person who necessarily is really codependent and like needs this person to be your everything. Like you're saying that's not your value. It was just kind of the circumstance where okay, well, you don't know the language, you don't know how things work here, you do kind of need this person to help you out, or you at least feel this way. So I, I really get that. And I think, for me, at least the language was a, a huge aspect. Once I got to the point of being able to at least stumble through an interaction, I started to be like, okay, maybe I can go to an appointment on my own, or maybe I can like talk to this person who looks cool, and maybe they can become a friend. Like, that's when I started to get my independence. And I, I notice a lot of times, friends whose German isn't so advanced, they have a problem there. And it really depends on the city you're in too. Like for instance, Hamburg has become way more international than it was when I came here in 2014. But at the time, like I think in our like expats Facebook group, there was maybe like a thousand people or something. Like it's really improved a lot. But yeah, you really have to be prepared to put yourself out there. And if you're an introvert and you're planning to move abroad, you're going to have to make yourself an extrovert. (laughs) You're going to be so out of your comfort zone that you're literally going to have to change your personality to be someone who is willing to be more open and try new things and talk to people that are strangers or put yourself out there. And I have to tell you, when I lived in Canada, I was an introvert. I am crazy to say I've made myself an extrovert here, which really changed the game for me, which helped a lot, actually. This is such an interesting topic because I am also very introverted and I still identify more as that. But this concept that you're saying of like, you are going to have to change who you are. It sounds so scary and intimidating and Part of me really wants to agree with you and part of me really wants to disagree with you. And I think that's the struggle that I have this whole time with this whole topic where you're going to discover new things about yourself, right? It's so tricky, like finding this balance between like maintaining certain parts of who you are that are always going to be you, but also leaving some things behind and being like, okay, look, I didn't like to talk to strangers or be around people that much in my past, but that doesn't have to always be true. Like, No, no, it has to be for a certain period. Like, I'm definitely more extroverted now, but I still have my introverted moments. Like, I just need to be alone on a Friday night. No one talk to me. No one ask me to hang out, please, because I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know. So, okay, we've got some tips so far in terms of, like, learning the language can help you to get more independent or, like, just giving yourself to the process and admitting that you might have to make some changes. What else helped you to go from someone who kind of just absorbed into someone else's life? As we were saying at the top, like here you are today, super independent, super in in who you are. You know, you are you are Hannah. You know what, what I'm trying to say? Like you really are fully yourself yeah, yeah. now. So how did how did that happen? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> So I'll like go back to um, when I was in the relationship with the uh, another German man because I can't say my extra like a German because I'm dating a German now. So <laughs> the, previous, <laughs> the previous German, I mean, he was from Hamburg, but in the end, I became more of a hamburger, hamburger <laughs> person <laughs> than him. I stopped making him the one to show me around the city. So I really had to find like my way around the city, find the cute places. And a lot of the time I did that by myself because 
I don't know. I just had this feeling that like, okay, I had to make the city mine. So that's one big thing I would say is that don't be afraid to go out on your own and go exploring and, you know, do your own research and find your stuff. Because when you're from a certain place, those people have their likes and their things and their, you know, their prejudices against things that maybe you would like. Yeah. So you would should definitely like go out on your own, explore, find your own things. Um, we already said like putting yourself out there. Don't get off put by your first attempt to go to um, meet up with international people. The first one might not be the right fit. There's lots of opportunities for meetups and little brunches and cafe and cooking, coffee and cake, and you know parties and stuff like this. And maybe you're gonna you know go there and you're not gonna meet the right person and they'll just be you know very superficial talks and people are like yeah we should meet for coffee la 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 la. Don't be off by that if something doesn't come from it. If you don't get, I would like to say, a good friend lead. It took me two years until I found my good friends in Hamburg. And there was a lot of attempts of going to little things and being like, I didn't really like anyone. Nothing really clicked. And eventually I found an event that clicked with me. It was actually this like arts and crafts event called Creative Nights that my other Canadian friend did. And uh, she started an arts and crafts night. She invited mostly international women. Those girls, they clicked right away. And those girls have been some of my longest friends in Hamburg now for six or seven years. And that took a long time. And I think that's really important to highlight that, that you can still be picky. Like, I think I felt at the beginning, like I had to take any friend I could get because I just needed people. <laughs> and I think that's true at the time. But uh, like, it, you are going to find your people if you keep trying. And even these people who you don't really click with, maybe they're nice enough. And like, then you have someone to go to the next event with, even if you don't want to be friends with yeah. them forever. Like, it's at least some level of connection that can keep you motivated and keep you going till you find sort of the big loves of your life in terms of, in terms of friendship. Like you were saying, like you found your people in 2015. So I want to talk about that now too, because I know that's another thing that really stood out to me when I was first like getting to know you and, and seeing you online is you seem to have such a great, strong group of female friends. And I, I believe you said they're pretty much all internationals too, right? Yeah. So actually I have a lot of friends in Hamburg. It originally started actually and was actually quite hard for me. All these girls had come. We all came to Germany around the same time. And most of us came here for a German man. And where most of us were North American. So we already had these things in common. We also were mostly very career driven girls. So we kind of connected on that. It was really, really hard for me, like when I went through my breakup to have these friends still because they still were all with their boyfriends and stuff like this and getting married or having babies and stuff like this. And then you start to feel a bit like an outsider and you start to feel like you're kind of living another life than they are and you can't really relate to their problems as much. So I had to, as much as they're still like really good friends here, I had to eventually, you know, find more friends <laughs> which fit <laughs> my lifestyle. I mean, if you're single, you got to have your single friends, right? Yeah, something that super helped getting friends was actually starting my own communities, which I have a Facebook community. I'm one of the admins of expats in Hamburg. I've been for like three years now. And I met most of my friends on expats in Hamburg just by posting like, hey, we're new, we want to go out and stuff. And also I started a second group called Marketing Boss Ladies, which I've made a lot of really good friends from because they're international women that came to Hamburg, but their main focus is their career. And establishing a network here and I did some meetup events uh, before corona a few times so that's like what I'm saying you got to create your own opportunities 
you don't have to like be like me and like make your own Facebook group for a specific niche of people, but it really helped. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's so cool too, because it's doing both things, right? It's helping you get friends, but it's also helping support and empower yourself and other women to feel like they can pursue a career in this crazy life abroad. Because I mean, it's so much harder, right? Like it is just so much harder to have your career and the one you want, not just any job, but a real like your your dream career abroad. And networking is so important for finding your dream job here, finding your friends and stuff like this. Because I've been introduced to my good friends through other friends, like we had said, like maybe you'll go to a party with someone that you're okay with, not going to be your BFF, but then you'll meet one of her friends and those will be like your best friend. So networking in your personal life and your career life here is super important because yeah, there's, there's tons of amazing women with amazing stories here too. And I do think that there is something really important about having female friends. Like uh, some people have certain feelings about being friends with other women or I don't know, people have complicated relationships with a lot of things and and friendship and gender is one of them. But I think it's really important, especially when you're living abroad to have people that are going to be going through similar things as you. I mean, I don't know how Mm -hmm. I would be sitting here today being a pretty happy person in life if I didn't have my expat lady friends. Oh, yes. Because they, yeah, you need people who get this kind of thing. Like you don't have to explain. Yeah, even I would have to say when I was in my relationship, I was way more boring. I mean, I still had a really great social life and stuff, but I didn't put myself out there as much because I had my security blanket, which was my ex-boyfriend. When I went through the breakup with him, it was really like life-changing for me because I think I was so set in my ways of, you know, things to do. And I had my life that was work, home, make dinner together, Netflix, bed, do something on the weekends with my friends. And I always dreamt like, this is not life for me. Like I was so much cooler in Canada. I was doing <laughs> dance classes. I was in musical theater, you know, but like, I just never did that because actually I think one big reason was like, oh, that means I have to commit, you know, one Thursday night and that's the night that we like to spend time together and stuff but really (laughs) you don't you need to do stuff for yourself and that was probably my biggest mistake and it made me I don't think I was like an unhappy person but I can reflect back to being in a relationship and thinking to myself many times like do I have any passions and really being like I did I used to be you know in a rock band or whatever which is true but (laughs) um so cool yeah like like oh I used to like be doing hula hoop classes and stuff and I always be telling my ex-boyfriend like oh I miss doing hula hoop and I'd be complaining about it but I couldn't just do it but for some reason something was stopping me I don't know what it was but actually to go through a breakup here and then be completely alone and have a lot of free time because you're not tending to a man um (laughs) I had to really say, okay, Hannah, you're going to try those new things. Like, You can do this. You have to get out by your own or you're going to be like sitting at home, sad, watching Netflix, missing your past life, which you shouldn't be because it was boring. Yes. <laughs> and it was really, it was, <laughs> it was a really t- big turning point for me to like finally go out to a yoga studio and sign up for that yoga class and try new sports and things like this. I was really into boxing, I think, because I was just so angry and aggressive. <laughs> like I wanted to punch everything, but I loved it. But I was like, oh my God, I love boxing. Like, oh my God, I love doing yoga. 
and dancing again. And I was doing everything that I never did when I was in a relationship. But I can only say, girls who are in a relationship, please just go do those things because it's going to help your relationship because you're going to be the person that they fell in love with when they met you on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> because you're not that person when you come to Germany right. uh, anymore because you've lost, you haven't lost, but you've put all that stuff to the side to come here for that person. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a huge problem actually why the relationship ended because I wasn't the person he fell in love with when I was here for six years because I lost a lot of myself. Right. And then I wonder if it's the same for you, but like I went through a really similar process and then especially lately, I'm just in a point where I'm like, well, I don't even know if I want to actually date someone or be in a relationship with someone new because I filled all of my time with so many things that I love doing and I reconnect it with myself in such a serious way that I'm like, well, if you're not the most incredible person, then I don't want to spend, I don't want to waste my time with you because I have so many great things going on and you have to really meet a high bar yeah. to be worth it. And I'm not saying that to be like sassy or like all up in my, like <laughs> no, thinking no, I'm no. so great, like, you know, but it's truly like a beautiful moment where you're like, no, no, like you have to be worthy of my time because my time is so important to me now because I have so many things that I love to do. <laughs> exactly. And this was with my new boyfriend. I mean, he's not new now we've been dating for eight months he doesn't even live in Hamburg and that sucks of course sometimes but it's actually been a great adjustment period for me because I was so independent doing all my things by myself having my own social circles that the thought of having someone in Hamburg who wants to have a sleepover every single night was like um no like when shall I do my things yeah (laughs) so and it's for it's for him the same actually um but we'd have talked about you know eventually coming in the same city which has to happen but we're both fine with it at the moment and you how has that been now that you because you found that on your own and now integrating another person into it has it been hard for you I mean I know you're saying the long distance helps in that sense yeah, I think Kim and I are very similar in our ways. We have very strong personalities and really like the stuff that we do. So he can really respect that. Also, I'm someone who's very uh, a lot on social media, especially in the last two years, like grown massively. And I think to find a partner that can respect the creative side of it and not just think that, oh, she's just doing it for attention to get followers and stuff like that is huge because I've had people I've dated in the past who were just like you're just posting that so you get more followers like and I'm like that's not it like I'm here to inspire people I want to share my story I want to change someone's life because you know if I make someone smile if they can resonate to my content like that's amazing it's not about my follower count to have someone find and respect that and support me on it like he's also a photographer so you know like Instagram boyfriend Um. (laughs) a true (laughs) win-win exactly and it's actually I would say you probably can relate to this. Dating someone in Germany who you did not move here for is such a sense of relief and like a burden off each other's shoulders. Like he doesn't have to feel guilty when I'm homesick. Right. And I think that was something that my ex-boyfriend struggled with. Yeah. Um, Just these kind of things. I mean, it does inherently put pressure on the situation when you move for a relationship because you can't just like casually date someone that you moved across an ocean for. (laughs) And it becomes serious very quickly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, because serious, you just moved countries and you move in together most of the time. So it doesn't make sense not to live together. Right. I have heard some relationships that people do decide to live like separately. And I actually think that's awesome and a great idea. And I wish I did it like that. 10 times more steps to finding your independence and uh, actually being able to date your partner 
yeah like casually in a way almost that's really cool (laughs) was it crazy for you because something that was crazy for me when I started dating again after my relationship I was like I don't even know how dating is because my last experience with quote-unquote dating was yeah long distance so you're on Skype you're on Zoom you're you know texting and I was like what is this concept of like we just meet up for dinner because we live in the same place and like that's it (laughs) it was so weird yeah (laughs) To bring it back to like harnessing in this independence, I really do think finding your community is the biggest part of it. And a lot of the tips we've given are almost just ways to find that community. And whether you're here for a relationship or for something else, you're always going to need other people there. And even if you move for a job, like your job also can't be your life. You need to have balance and you need to have these different things going on. But at the end of the day, you really just need to be okay with yourself. And I think Mm -hmm. having shoulders to cry on people to go out with and distract you and all these different things it's just so critical and speaking of job that was also something that made me highly independent when I first moved to Germany like I mean Hamburg I had like an okay job I it wasn't highly paid it was a team lead at like a online cruise booking website it was good I had a lot of responsibility but it was not my dream job and then I got my dream job a few years a few years later in event management and I was given this opportunity to travel all around Europe for events and I had to do this all by myself normally I was flying to Stockholm by myself and stuff like this so it kind of as I said made me an extrovert because I had to be to do these networking things and stuff like that but just you know doing things on my own and coming you know back to Germany but like kind of feeling like unattached as well it was really helpful too I mean not everyone's going to have that kind of job but still going on solo trips by yourself yeah from Germany is amazing tip as well yeah I think everyone should at least do like a weekend away alone once in their life it's such a great way to connect with yourself. So actually right behind where I'm sitting right now as we record, I have like um, a message board. And the sentence I have on the message board is walk within the realm of yourself. And it sounds really deep, but like the history behind it is one time I was I was actually traveling. Uh, yeah, it was my first solo trip sort of, but I met up with a friend in Nashville, Tennessee. We were going to go out that night. Of course, it's Nashville. So we went to pre to get our snacks to pregame. And we got just like this really weird collection of booze and snacks and whatever and there was this total stoner guy who was the cashier and he looked at everything we were buying and he just looked up at us and was like whoa you guys are like really like walking within the realm of yourself you've got so many different things that don't make sense but that's so cool and it was so funny to me because I was like what the heck is that sentence and why are you commenting on my snack choice but it stayed with me for years and it's become kind of a mantra of my own and I yeah the story aside, I just wanted to bring that phrase into the conversation because I think that kind of is what we're talking about, like finding a way to walk within the realm of yourself. So you are going to change over time, right? You're going to become maybe an extrovert or you're going to become this or that because when you learn a new language, when you integrate to a new culture, you're going to change. But that's okay as long as you're still changing in a sense that you still walk within the realm of yourself. Once you know what exactly. that feels like, you're not going to give it up. But you'll, you'll also realize quickly when you're not walking in the realm of yourself, you also realize quickly, quickly that you'll become sometimes a shell of yourself. Yes. Because it's really hard. I was a shell of myself for quite many, like a lot of years. I mean, it was still me, but it wasn't me, the Hannah I am now and who I was before I moved to Germany. And um, we have some questions do you want to go over yeah. those? Some of them we've kind of, yeah. We've touched on some of them throughout, but let's make sure we, we hit them. So yeah, we got some questions from Instagram when we posted about 
prepping for this episode? Yeah. So the first question is moving in to Germany with my partner. What to be aware of? Well, my friend, (laughs) (laughs) I think not every German man is the same, even though they do have a stereotype. Uh, So it really depends. But my tips is that when you're coming abroad or anything, it's their life here. They know how everything is working. They know how things are run. They know the bureaucracy. And usually when you come here, uh, they'll take care of a lot of that for you. And that's great because, you know, it's a lot of stress off your shoulders. But girl, you got to learn how to do it yourself, too, because (laughs) it is a lot of stress. If you're moving to Germany for a partner, you should be the one occasionally calling the plumber or calling the Wi-Fi people when they don't work or, you know, learning how to pay the bills online. Because when I moved here, I had he did everything for me. And not to say your relationship will end, but you have this also <laughs> level of independence when when you know that you know how to do it yourself and you can feel like you can, can contribute to that part of the relationship. So I think that's really important. I agree too. I, I was always petrified of not being independent. And so even from the beginning, I forced myself to learn the language. And I, I started going to appointments alone like a year in. And I think that was such a huge help for me and also for the relationship. He was there. And if I needed him, he would be there. But it was really important to me that I don't need him all the time. Just don't expect them to hold your hand through everything. Yeah. Like you should do it yourself too. And at the same time, go easy on yourself at the beginning. Like it's okay to need help. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like don't shame yourself if you need help. That's okay. But just I, I guess we're saying don't be complacent and let that just be your expectation that it will always be this way. And like we also said, like find your community, find your passions here and everything like that's super helpful and know that Germans have different values than you I can't say what your German values are but coming from different countries there are some cultural values that you'll have to compromise on that maybe might not be the same as yours and you'll figure those out when you move in with them very quickly try to come from a a level of empathy and understanding and not be too stubborn in your ways from back home yeah so there's another question accepting the new person you become when speaking another language I actually had a bit of a crisis about my identity when I learned like once I actually really learned German because I started working in German and that was the most German Mm -hmm. I was speaking so my German personality became my workplace personality and my workplace personality was pretty strict and pretty serious and a little harsh way more than I I actually am as a person normally because I work in um, a career where I'm dealing with the public and in order to get respect, especially as a young woman with an accent, I, I had to be a bit harsher to get people to respect me. And that was another thing. Like when you talk about changes you never thought you would make, I didn't think I could do that. I didn't think I want it to be that way, but I need it to. And then it worked. And now I can be a bit more friendly in German because I've become more comfortable with it. But I went through this whole phase where every time I spoke German, I went into that harsh work personality. So I'd be at the bar or talking to someone socially and I would be so harsh. And I was like, wait, what the heck? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I actually had to consciously focus on my social German and like loosening up and learning how to be fun. Yeah, no more amp Deutsch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> which is for a translation for the English reader uh, listeners is like a government worker language. Yeah, I would say just like really focus on trying to notice who you are as you start to develop this personality. And in some ways, I'm really comfortable with being different in this other language because it's just a new part of myself but I did feel Mm -hmm. for a while that there was too much distance between my two personalities and so 
I worked really hard to try to bring that together. And, and that's what I would really emphasize to people is like, just check in with yourself. And honestly, like, it's really important to me to be funny and to be charming. And that's so hard to do in a second language. But I always try like I still yeah. I'm still not that funny in German, but I know what I'm trying to say. And so I know that it's funny to me and like that's good enough for right now. But I went through a while where I was too embarrassed to make a joke that fell flat that I stopped making jokes. And that was so sad to me because I was like, no, like I don't I don't want to give that up. Like that's such a beautiful part of my personality. So I'd rather tell a joke that no one understands because my grammar's crap than yeah. give up humor. <laughs> I don't know. What do you how do you feel? Do you feel like you have two different identities? Uh, I, my German has massively improved in the last year or since the relationship ended, I would say, because I had to do everything by myself. But I'm becoming more and more used to just speaking German, speaking everyday German, making a load of friends. And I did feel at times I had a hard time expressing myself. But I felt like, actually, this is very close to me. And I was made me feel super confident in my German. I am just as bubbly but just like maybe not sounding as smart <laughs> <laughs> and there's another question how to start over at a much lower point in your career due to language recognition and your recognition of qualifications I don't know if it's really starting over a lot of women I see in these Facebook groups they post in the group saying like um uh, like I did this very specific job in America and I can't find that job here. Uh, I'm really depressed. I can't find work. And I'm like, girl, you got to open your horizons. You know, like you're not going to find the same thing you did. Maybe you will if you're lucky, but you got to start somewhere and just use like the skill base that you got from those jobs. Maybe not the qualification or like the job title, but the skills that you got from that job. And think how you can use those skills to transform into another kind of job here, which is going to fit your language skills. Because, I mean, as a non-German speaker, the, the pot is way smaller of jobs. So you have to be like, okay, how could I make this fit? It might be difficult, but it just it's going to be a new experience and you're going to come out with it with even more skills than you had before. Even though it might not be exactly what you want to do in the start, but like me... I was studying event management. I always wanted to be an event manager. And somehow I started in uh, content management, which gave me lots of great skills. But I made it back to event management. So it will happen. You just a slower, slower pace. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to admit that you can't have everything all at once. You know, it's not to say you can't have it yeah. all in life, but just it's not going to happen all at the same time. So if this move is really important to you for personal reasons, then your career might need to take a hit for a little bit because this other thing is more important. Exactly. And then over time, of course, keep that as a priority and keep your eyes on that prize, but just accept that it's going to be a humbling experience and like, you know what, you oh, got to yes. grin and bear it while you do it. On the other hand, if you say, no, my career is my number one priority, then okay, then the move has to wait until you find the job that's in the right location. I think there's a lot to be said for going through that humbling phase. Like I, I finished my master's um, and then moved abroad. And I turned down really, really good job offers that were even better than the expected job for my level. And instead, I did a mm -hmm. basically a glorified internship for a year where I had no future chances at that company. And I was making under 500 euros a month. So 
talk about humbling, yeah, right? I also made this kind of salary yeah. for seven months as well. It's not great. <laughs> and it was so no. hard being like, I thought I'm this like intelligent, career-driven woman. And now here I am at the bottom of the totem pole. But again, my priorities were just different at that time. And I didn't give up. I like kept going. And, and I quickly actually, about a year, year and a half after moving, was able to get a job that's at an appropriate level in my field that's fulfilling and it's all really good now, but I don't think it would have happened if I would have forced myself to only take the best job. Instead, I had to take the good enough job at the right location at the right time and work from there. For me as well, I would say it was when I came to Germany, it was like, okay, relationship, let's work on this. Does it fit? Okay, I'm going to stay longer. Okay, job. Let's drive the job more, get a promotion, earn more money. And then once I had that stabilized, I went after my friends. And then after that, I went after my communities and my passions and everything. Mm -hmm. So it was like, that's over like a five-year span. Yeah. (laughs) A long time. A long time, but it's worth it. And it's building blocks too, right? right? I think it's so important also just a general word of advice to wrap up on. I think it is so important to stop and step back every... Actually, so I do it every year. I celebrate my Gedeutschtag, which is the anniversary of my move to Germany. And it's actually become such an emotionally important day to me because this is hard, the stuff that we're doing. And when you're in it, you don't see it because you're just like survival mode. You're like, of course, I'm learning the language because I need to do it. And of course, I'm focusing on my relationship. And of course, I'm doing this and that. But it's important to me to take a step back at least once a year and like actually take stock of what I've done and what I've achieved and what I failed at and where I am. Yeah, that's really good. I should do that too. (laughs) And I have to say, all the people listening to this podcast, you're already one step ahead of me. I didn't listen to any podcasts about moving to Germany or when I was in Germany about living in Germany. I like <laughs> So you're doing the research. You're right. already doing well. <laughs> like much better than me. Exactly. Me too. I just kind of came into it blind. So kudos to people thinking ahead. <laughs> Okay, well, before we get back into another rabbit hole, because you and I could totally just talk for hours, it is time to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it's a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? Okay. If you are meeting up with your friends for an after work drink, what is your favorite summary Feierabend drink of choice? Um, oh my god, I was gonna say espresso martini. <laughs> Ooh, I like espresso it. Espresso martini or a really nice glass of red wine. I love it. Yeah. Yes, heck yeah. Um, what is your go-to sort of female empowerment song when you just want to dance around your living room and be like, heck yeah? Um, like I'm actually one of those person when it's bad, really super bad with song names. But I would say, like, I'm loving all the old school stuff at the moment, like Fleetwood Mac and just, like, dancing in my living room with my pajamas on and, like, singing along to, like, Annie Lennox, Fleetwood Mac. I think because it also brings a lot of feeling of home for me because my mom loves this kind of music. And then also turning on that, like, basic bitch pop music that (laughs) no one really wants to listen to but you secretly like. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of the best for a living room dance party, though, yeah. Yeah. And finally, we talked a good bit today about the importance of finding female friendships and also lifting up and supporting, empowering other women. So what is one female-centric product or like a female-owned company that you love and support and want to recommend to people? Actually, I would say there's, uh, you did um, you did a collaboration with them uh, recently as well. 
There's a really great team at Horbach for expats, and they're all women boss ladies in finance, and I think that's so cool. Yes, they're the coolest. <laughs> 100% support them, and I think they're you know, someone everyone can relate with, and they also help them with their finance, so that's really cool. They did not pay for me to say this. I just like them. <laughs> Exactly. They're just like badass ladies. So <laughs> I will sing their praises. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Um, awesome. Those were great answers. So we, we mentioned a couple of times um, that you're on social media, but in case anyone doesn't already know your handle or isn't already following you, where can people find you and what sort of things do you do on the internet? Tana Tessin on TikTok. I make you know, sporadically throughout the week videos. I don't have any schedule because I do have a full-time job. Videos about life in Germany, life abroad, a bit of travel content here and there. And also on Instagram, the same kind of content. So that's Hannah Teslin on TikTok or Travels by Teslin on Instagram. Awesome. And we're going to link to the, both of them in the show notes. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much for coming onto the show for a second time. And it was really fun getting to hear more about the journey that you've taken to walk within the realm of yourself. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Hannah, one more time for coming onto the show a second time and getting into this great topic with me. Once again, links to the last episode Hannah and I did together, as well as all of her social media accounts are in the show notes. Go ahead and give her a follow if you don't already. And while you're at it, make sure you're following me on Instagram and on Twitter at The Expat Cast. If you haven't already hit subscribe to the show, go ahead and do that now in your podcast feeds. And I love it when I get a new review. So if you've got a moment, please leave me five stars and a lovely little note about what you love about the show. Another great thing you can do to help me out would be to recommend the show to a friend. Word of mouth is the biggest way that this podcast gets out there and finds new listeners. So if you think this would connect to someone in your expat community, go ahead and send them this link. I want to thank as always Amy Lunky Art for the logo and Side Hug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. On Thursday, I'll be back in your feeds with an international look at what it is like to be a foreigner in Germany from the perspective of three immigrants from the US, South Africa, and the Philippines. Till then, have a wonderful week. This done. Tschüss.